Welcome back to the Renaissance and Our Times podcast. Hope you're having a great day. My name is Richard. I will be your host today. And in this episode, we're going to talk about a complicated topic that we've been pondering for a long time, but we're now going to finally make an episode. And it is about uh, the idea from McGilchrist, especially about unifying unity and the particular. So from, from his perspective, this is about making the whole of the brain work at the same time. You're using both your right and your left hemisphere. One is uniting things. The other one is dividing things, analyzing, uh, taking things into little bits, and then creating a whole, but that is more like a model of the whole. So the argument from McGilchrist in both his um, his uh, last big masterwork, <laughs> The Master and His Emissary, and his new big masterwork, uh, The Matter with Things, this is like a, a recurring topic about the, the, like the, the path, the, the necessity to unify both the particulars and the unity. And then we just wanted to look at how this is reflected in other areas of kind of knowledge or apprehension and philosophy. Because we see this everywhere then also in, for example, Dante and also in theology, for example, in Greek Orthodox theology. And then to the extent that Dante is both uh, summing up like the 200 years of monasticism and, and the Catholic theology at the time and also the whole of the cultural history in his days, like two, two and a half thousand or maybe even like 4,000 years altogether. And then we also want to have a little bit of thought about cosmology as well, how, how we can see or think about this in terms of science. So this is very overall, it's a bit exploratory and a bit like a creative <laughs> effort to approach this topic. But it's uh, hard not to notice how well aligned what McGilchrist is saying, Ian McGilchrist, and some of the, the theology from the two old traditions in Europe with the Orthodox and the Catholic. So at the very center of things in theology, you have the idea of uh, multiplicity and unity, or like uh, it, it's sometimes it's it's kind of at the core of the idea of the divine in itself is the unity of multiplicity, and this is so uh, it corresponds so well with some of these uh, the ideas of how to make the whole brain work. And just to, to be very uh, careful here of with how we're describing this, uh, this is not to reduce anything that is kind of mystery or beyond or transcendent to a dynamic of the brain science or the brain biology. The thought is more that this might, and this is also in McGilchrist, that the how the brain works might reflect some deeper and maybe also some transcendent uh, structures or fabric of reality and being in itself. So that we have evolved a brain with two parts, kind of two brains together, which goes throughout the whole of like the animal kingdom and also all the way back to trilobites have kind of two uh, clusters of, of brain neurons, which is then primarily for, in the beginning for animals, is more about the necessity to eat and to stay alive at the same time, to be able to focus, to pick up food, to eat food, uh, and at the same time being aware of predators, so you're not automatically being eaten. Once you start focusing on your meal, then someone is kind of lurking in the behind the stones and then suddenly kind of jumping and eating you. So the necessity of staying like alert and 
aware of predators and being able to focus is something that applies to all animals. And then that is at least theory. That's why you have two, the, the beginnings of it. But it also then reflects a much more deeper metaphysical idea about the particular and then the unity. So, it, and then also thinking, so the complicated part comes with this, that uh, it's tempting then to think that you have two parts. One is unifying and one is, is uh, dividing and particularizing. But then if you, th if you stop there, then you're thinking with your left hemisphere. Then you are dividing into two parts. So if you try to think with your right hemisphere, you have to unite this. And that's the whole art and challenge of using your whole brain in a harmony and also then letting the overall mode of your brain or overall approach or functioning of your brain being the the unity or then the particular embedded in the unity and this leads us then very quickly into also much of what is in Dante like the idea of in some ways, the particular, the whole material cosmos embedded in something that is beyond the mystery, the Empyrean, the divine mind beyond time and space. So again, we're trying to say two things at once here, that you can see the technical grounds for this description, for example, in Dante, but it also might reflect something much bigger and something that is way beyond our ability and our intellect to understand. It might be something deep, deep metaphysical, theological about the structure of being and existence in itself with the necessity of, of particular and, and unity. <laughs> that we keep coming back to this, but that, that might be at the, at the center of, of, uh, of the metaphysics and, and how things have to be in order to be able to, to have a, a, a material cosmos at all. So that's kind of the main outline of this, that we need the unity of, or unification of the unity and the particular. And we see this in, in then the theology. So in Dante, just to have a few more thoughts on that, it's a bit more complicated with Dante because it's slightly more tilted towards unifying and more than just, or than unifying unity and particulars. So he is unifying unifying constantly on every page is that unifying unifying with the greek tradition and the hebrew tradition especially like greek mythology and philosophy with the biblical stories also to unify reason and that which is beyond then with virgil and beatrice and he's unifying this very much like temporally so you have you you use the the, the feature of storytelling as being temporal so like you have time so you can then tell a story about Virgil, then you tell the story about Beatrice, and meaning then, in some sense, then rationality and the mystery, intuition, theology. And then you have unified them as a story in time, but not as a system in the instant, not like a snapshot system, but as, as something that, that blends together with, within a time frame. But he's also unifying so many other things. For example, his private life, this is Dante, his private life, the contemporary politics, theology, mythology, history, philosophy, science, and literature in itself. So all of these things are brought together in his big work. So it's, uh, it's like a constant lesson of 
of understanding how you can unify things. There's a, on, the, on the side, there's something very interesting. We, uh, so last year, we looked a lot at the night sky and the stars and the constellations, uh, partly inspired by reading the Paradisa. And then one night, it was super clear skies. And uh, we saw the Gemini, the constellation of the Gemini, up in the heavens. Um, and then Dante is a Gemini. And then he also enters into this, the constellation of the Gemini when he comes to the eighth sphere. But if you look at the Gemini, then in some sense you have a bit of a metaphor for Dante and his work itself, because you have two figures joined in one constellation. So that's kind of, that's a spatial way of uniting two particulars into, into one. It's a bit uh, simplified, but there are ways to do this. There are ways to unify the Greek and the Hebrew traditions, which is not like integrating them into one system, but you put them together and then you show things that are common and then you have a whole from it. So this has been something that uh, like the, the best philosophers, theologians have been uh, <laughs> contending with and struggling with for 2000 years as well, how to unite these, these two traditions in particular. So that is the main, th main things we wanted to talk about. And then we just to put a question out there is like how how could this be helpful in terms of cosmology how we understand the the science of the material cosmos and how this works in particular in um, elementary uh, like particle physics elementary physics and also the more overall understanding of the cosmos there might be some new discoveries to be made by applying this this mode of thinking because it uses the whole brain and you can see it in like the late medieval times and the early renaissance and to full fruition in the mature renaissance this immense uh, and extraordinary beauty and kind of eruption of of uh, energy and, and kind of beauty and wisdom that came through this balance of at that time especially science and arts uh, so that's kind of a model for us still. The Renaissance is an era in history in Florence which really captured this dynamic fully. And that gave us the modern world and and kind of it, it lay, <laughs> set the, the scene or laid the groundwork for, for the, the times we live in now. So just having a second look at this or kind of re-examine it and thinking about science with, with a bit like new eyes would be interesting. And then we also wanted to add at the very end here, how could this also be seen or be informed by Chinese philosophy and Taoism and the Tao? Because the opening of the Tao is super interesting in this regard because it goes, it describes very much the same idea about uh, the particular, but then the need to expand your thinking into uh, beyond words in many ways. So like the Tao that can be named is not the real Tao, like meaning the way, in this case, the Tao. So what you describe with words is not is not the real uh, big mystery. And there's a play in the opening of, of um, the, the Tao, which is, uh, it's kind of playing at the, at the boundaries of of more analytical left hemisphere thinking and then expanding it out to the right hemisphere, more uh, overall unifying thinking and just pointing to where they want to, <laughs> to be in, 
in the poem and then uh, how there's a necessity of expanding beyond that which is fully graspable and then with the brain science with the left hemisphere uh, to apprehend and sense experience and being and also think in in a, in a way that is beyond that. So that's all we wanted to say. This was about 12 minutes. Uh, we were planning on five minutes just as a planting a little uh, seed or like a little idea and then see how this can be uh, refined and then applied to other things as well. So hope some of this was interesting and some just some inputs, food for thought for creative thought processes or exploration of these these um, topics and um, hope you're having a, a great morning and a great day and um, so as always thank you so much for listening and see you again in another episode